Veterans Voice is a show that connects veterans and active members of the military to qualified guests who help you find programs and benefits you qualify for and discuss housing, education, career training, and other topical matters. Every show addresses issues that affect your life. Call in and share your experience. 781-837-4900. Welcome, everybody. I don't know, do they have electricity in Bedford, Chuck? No, we got the squirrels in well, tell them to run a little faster because every other down in the nation. Down a minimum, I I, I, I I bet you do. Welcome, everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veterans Voice Radio here as we bring uh, Chuck back from a little sabbatical. He was out uh, uh, checking things out out there. A uh, uh, little bit of action going on, yeah, Chuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few things here and there. Well, that's it. Welcome back. Always good to be back. Welcome back. I don't know if you noticed, uh, we got Larry yeah. back in the studio. Yeah, I was, ta- I was talking to Larry earlier. Good. He was telling yep. me what was going on. Yeah, he's having some uh, success with uh, his father and services. So uh, uh, congratulations, Larry. Uh, I, I, I know you, you ran in, into some obstacles, but uh, a little perseverance, and uh, lo and behold, you're getting some good results. You just have to ask and find out what benefits that, uh, that you can get, and you've got to keep working on them. Yeah. For, for yourself or for your family members, and uh, you got to move forward. And that's basically what tonight's show is all about. It's uh, it, it's it's we're we're blessed to be living here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, as the veterans have more benefit providers and access to benefits than veterans from all over the country. But tonight we have uh, two. Uh, uh, I get in trouble when I call people old friends because it. I said that to Gail Clark one day. She she threw a shoe at me, yeah. and, and uh, uh, so it's you know a longtime friend. Uh, one of my original reasons that I I have become so involved, uh, uh, Secretary of Veterans Affairs for the Commonwealth of Mass. Boy, what a great honor, Cheryl Poppy, Madam Secretary. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having. Yeah, we just need to need to put that in, and just so we, you have no. so many wonderful things. To, you don't need the, uh, no, you don't need those. You just you just speak into that, and sure. Just so, and then Larry will yell at us, and Dan, if you could move that a little bit closer. But Cheryl, thanks for coming back in again tonight. Thank you, Greg. And and you're traveling and you're traveling uh, with us uh, with some friends. Yes, tonight I have. Um Dan Brennan from the SAVE team. Uh, as you know, our statewide advocacy for veterans empowerment team. It's our internal crisis prevention team at the Department of Ven- Veteran Services. So Dan is here to uh, talk about the SAVE team a little bit. We also have our very new communications director joining us, Linnea Walsh. Uh, just, just came to work for the department and uh, we're looking forward to having her on board uh, with you know, increasing, which will just increase our communications as to all the great benefits and services that we have in Massachusetts. Well, as we were talking about uh, about WATD and WMEX and my show being simulcast on both stations, what we really offer, though, is, is veterans-friendly disc jockeys during the day that are happy to take calls, whether it's Larry Justice on MEX or... Ben in the afternoon on MEX, or Liz Raven, or Audrey Constant on uh, uh, WATD. They they provide a year-round microphone for you, which is the reason why we started Veterans Voice Radio, because no radio stations would talk to us. I remember we had these great events and all these wonderful programs going on, and we couldn't get that message out. Well, so, we appreciate the fact that you're doing it. Well, we we we, and we appreciate the fact that that by helping you, it makes us look better, and it makes you look better, and it's like a like a pendulum almost of you know share the wealth and share the wealth because Wolfie and I we don't do very much. We barely can find our way to the station. Chuck Chuck at least does something, so uh, we rely on great guests and. Dan Brennan, your first time into the show tonight, isn't it? Yes, it is. So would you introduce yourself for the audience, please? uh, Yes. uh, Good evening, everyone. Uh, 
Thank you for having me, Greg. Sure, uh, So my name is Daniel Brennan. I'm, I'm the director of the SAVE program. Um, I've been with the program since the launch, uh, 2008. Um, it stands for Statewide Advocacy for Veterans Empowerment. And um, should I go through with, uh, I'll give you a, uh, what the program's about. So, And a little bit of your <clears throat> background. Before we get mm-hmm. into what brought you, how did you end up at the SAVE team? Sure. So, how, how did you end up there? Um, I am the son of a Vietnam-era veteran. Um, you know, he struggled with some issues when he came home from, from service. And I had a couple good friends that did serve in the military. Um, I am a civilian myself, um, but I came onto the team because I, I did want to help uh, veterans, come. you know, when they're coming home, access yep. and treatment. I, I did have a good friend who came home and did struggle with some some uh, issues when he came home, uh, both, phys- both physically and mentally. So it really... Uh, I'm happy to be here. You I'm found your to... calling. Yes. And and you've been here quite a while now, since 2008, you said, Dan. Yeah, so the program launched wow. in 2008, yep. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. So you know it uh, pretty much inside and out. Uh, you'll be a good spokesman for him tonight. Yeah. So, I'll do my best. Do, so, so, so tell us about the SAVE team, about the uh, program. Sure. So, um, again, it launched in 2008, and it was a collaboration between Department of Public Health and Department of Veteran Services. Uh, Department of Public Health got some funding for suicide prevention amongst veterans, so they went to the Department of Veteran Services. We know veterans; they know uh, the suicide prevention piece. And in the collaboration, we formed the Save Program. Um, essentially, it is a suicide prevention program. Um, everyone on the team are veterans or family members, or in some shape or form connected to the veteran community. Um, we are broken up into different counties um so we have safe staff out in the field on the north shore south shore you know out west worcester county and really their primary role is to be out in the field um you know connecting with veterans connecting with local providers and offering resources and benefits across the board um so obviously our main focus is suicide prevention but we'll help veterans with an array of issues anything from you know suicide ideation you know post-traumatic stress um, you know, TBI, substance abuse, uh, financial assistance, and we'll connect them to the services that they might need. Um, I was, I was going to ask Dan, mm-hmm. so you do have, so you would reach out to other veterans agencies or support groups. Mm-hmm. Once you determine what those needs are, you can find the correct, you know, uh, a program to, to help that veteran or family with their needs, I imagine. Yes. And uh, honestly, in, in the creation of the program, I, I, I will just add, uh, we were lucky enough to meet with the Lucy family. Uh, quick background about them. Uh, they did have a son who was, um, you know, deployed to Iraq. He came home. He did struggle with some, some mental health um, concerns, <coughs> I believe PTSD. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't able to, to receive. Um, he, wasn't, he was having trouble accessing resources and unfortunately completed suicide. Um, in the aftermath, the family became huge advocates in the community for suicide prevention, and we were lucky enough to have them come to the department and talk about, you know... Chuck, you're nodding your head. Are you familiar with I'm this? Fam- yeah, I'm very familiar with the really? family. Yeah. yeah. So it was a long conversation, and I think when all was said and done, you know, the big piece we took from that was that the system needs to meet the needs of the veteran, yeah. not the other way around. Yeah. Um, so in the creation of the SAVE program, that's really what we took to heart. Um, you know, we're a mobile team. We're out in the community. We go to the veteran. We'll help them navigate the system. Um, and it's not just, um, you know, one program. We will follow them through. So um, there could be an array of um, services that they might need. Um, I would think that oftentimes the people that are calling you, it's not a one-call fix or or one brick in the wall that's maybe a little bit loose. There might be several problems that are contributing to their dilemma at that time. Absolutely. So, and even though we are suicide prevention, we do do try to be uh, preventative. We, We try to catch them early on. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't necessarily have to be suicidal, but, you know, if they're struggling with whatever issues, we'll help plug them in, especially when they're coming home from service. Um, you know, it could be a little bit difficult navigating the system. So before they fall through the cracks or before they hit that rock bottom, we try to, you know, make sure that they're being served. And do you provide services to all age veterans or post 9-11, or is it just anyone that calls you? Anyone that calls us. Um, we we work with any generation. We work with um, even you know bad discharge types. 
of veterans. But um, you know, we're lucky enough in Massachusetts; it's it's really uh, a plethora of resources uh, for veterans. And um, you know, obviously, depending what they're qualified for, will help them connect them to services. Great, great. Um, and you imagine, and you mentioned some bad discharge. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you help them and maybe address some of those bad discharges to work work around them somehow to maybe to provide some benefits they didn't know they could apply for that they were capable of of receiving? Yes. Um, so, you know, obviously, uh, depending on the situation, whether it's a bad discharge or they just don't have enough uh, service credit or, or you know what it is, um, we will try. The regular avenues, but you know there is nonprofits out there. There, sure. you know, there's the civilian side of things where they can, you know, you know, apply for certain benefits. So we help plug them in. Um, I will also add, um, you know, 2008 the Save program launched, but we have grown over the years. Um, now we have three focuses. So uh, suicide prevention is one, but we also work with um, jail diversion. Uh, helping veterans access care if they're going to court for you know array of reasons, and we also participate in the veterans treatment courts across the state. So we do have staff members in each court offering peer support, and um, you know all these veterans are non-VA eligible uh, because these veteran courts do have BJOs, which the VA will help the qualified uh, veterans for VA services. But the ones that don't qualify, that's where we will pick up and help them. Terrific. Access services. Ter- terrific. I mean, you can't, you know, they're the most n- needy, and, and, and I mean, how many of them have a problem relative to the service? How can we, how can we turn our back on them now? Uh, and if I can also add to that, in where a veteran may not qualify for a particular federal benefit, there, as Dan mentioned, there are nonprofits that will help a veteran regardless of discharge sure. characterization. <clears throat> if they've worn the uniform for one day, they will still assist them with services. And most recently, as you've probably seen in the news, a lot of veterans who were discharged for you know LGBTQ veterans are now having their discharges revisited. Um, because you know, based on the don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. So there is always the opportunity, and while we do not apply for that whole discharge upgrade, we can refer to the process so a veteran can go through the process to have their discharge upgraded or at least reviewed. Beautiful. For the upgrade. Beautiful. You know, and that's the great thing about the nonprofits out there, because I at one time when I worked for Volunteers of America and their veterans program, we were able to help the vets that. I did not had a you know a good discharge or didn't have enough time, but they wore the uniform, so we were able to help them with the SSVF and all the other different programs. Sure, you know to to help them out. You know, so we are very lucky in in this state because some other states, you know, you you're not going to get any any help. No, no, you know, or just to go see a the county service officer that might be two hundred miles away. You know, down in Lubbock, Texas. You know. Here we have them in every town. I was with a business person today from uh, uh, Rhode Island, and we were having lunch, and I was bragging about having you folks on tonight. And and he said, "Well, Rhode Island doesn't do that." I said, "No, Connecticut, no, and New England, no. Nobody does what we do here in Massachusetts." And and he said. I got to know how we can start doing that in Rhode Island, and why do you do that in Massachusetts? I said it's just an affinity that Massachusetts has had since the Revolutionary War, since welcoming the soldier farmers back here and the stand downs and all that. So it's 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 something that you know. Thank you for watching the gate and controlling all that, and uh, you know, Dan, some of them are coming back a little bit. A little bit edgy. They need just a little bit of a little bit of help these days, you know. But we all need help. And and Larry, why don't you take us away for our first uh, break? We'll come back for the second half, second quarter of tonight's show here with the uh, Save Team and uh, Madam Secretary Poppy from the Department of Veteran Services. Take it away, Larry. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Jeff from Brennan Smoke Shop. Opened in New Hampshire. It's going really good. Really good. But everybody and their mothers, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, cousins, friends wants me to bring them tax-free tobacco to Massachusetts from New Hampshire. Me. Please. 
I'm gonna have to apologize if you or anyone else, and there's a lot of you, like a billion dollars worth, want tax-free tobacco. You're just gonna have to make the really not too long of a ride to Brennan's Smoke Shop and really happy that we're there. Hudson, tax-free New Hampshire. Route 3 North, exit 88 to 3A North, just over the lovely New Hampshire border. Brennan's Smoke Shop, the best smoke shop in New Hampshire. Customers must be 21 years of age or older, and proper ID is required. Eligible for TRICARE? It doesn't get better than U.S. Family Health Plan, a terrific TRICARE choice for military families and retirees. You get all the benefits of TRICARE, plus some great extras like chiropractic care and a 24-hour nurse advice line. With U.S. Family Health Plan's large network of civilian physicians and hospitals, it's easy to find a great doctor. It's free for active duty families, and for military retirees, it's very affordable. Find out more at usfamilyhealth.org or call 1-888-815-5510. That's 1-888-815-5510. Get your car in top shape for fall. Sullivan Tire and Auto Service is offering great tire deals all month long. Save up to $250 when you buy four Goodyear tires or up to $80 on Kelly tires. Save an additional $40 on our Sullivan Tire alignment and installation package with the purchase of any brand tire. Schedule an appointment online for our vehicle health report and our expert certified technicians will inspect your vehicle thoroughly. See SullivanTire.com. We're always here to get you there. Everybody, Greg Brasso, uh, host of Veterans Voice Radio, here with Dan Brennan and Secretary Poppy, talking about the SAVE team and the Department of Veterans Services and how lucky all the Massachusetts veterans are to uh, have these uh, type of folks uh, backing them up through all sorts of uh, uh, problems, Dan. You had just gone through the vet treatment courts and the drug courts and the, the jail diversion programs. So, really, you'd. you'd going way above uh, what other states are offering right now, aren't you, Dan? And, and, and Madam Secretary, uh, are these services being administered the way we're doing them here? There are services in other states. Every state is a little bit different with how they configure their services. But what we do have, I think, works well for Massachusetts. But as we know, um, we're always glad to see more. Yeah. So as they expand more courts, specialty courts, I mean, it's just better for the veterans in the long run and we do collaborate with other states and share best practices sure. and ideas so that we can try to replicate them here and and how have the diversion programs been working have you have you do you, you think it's making a, a an impact uh, uh dan and i'll ask chuck i'll ask you too but dan i'll throw it out to you first Oh, absolutely. I, I think um, even some of the members are, are, of our team have actually um, participated in the Veterans Treatment Courts and graduated. Um, and that is part of the piece of the SAVE program is is a lot of the members of our team have been in the shoes of the veterans that they're working with. So I think that's also a huge help when you're trying to you know work with an individual and help and, them. And, how, and what's the, the theory behind the, the between behind that program, Dan? Uh, um, the jail diversion, yeah, you mean? Yes, and and how do they get there, and what what is what is it about? Because because seemingly, uh, Dedham, Norfolk County started, and Suffolk County has one, and this county, and everybody but Plymouth County just about seemingly has one. So those are veteran treatment courts versus jail diversion, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so maybe you can talk more about the veteran treatment court. Oh, okay. there's, a, there's a difference. Yes. So there, yeah, there is two differences. So the 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 Veterans Treatment Courts are specific programs that a veteran can opt into. Um, it's an 18-month program. Um, if they, you know, follow, um, follow what's required of them uh, to process, sometimes it might take them a little bit longer, um, you know, because there, there is a lot of issues that they might be dealing with and they might just a little more time. But it, it's a step-phased um, process in the Veterans Treatment Courts. And when they finally reach the point of graduation, it's basically if they get into some kind of trouble yeah. for anything related yeah. to service, uh, rather than puning, punishing that individual per se, they're basically given a second chance to 
so it's something common. for someone that, that's admitted they have a problem, mm-hmm. and now this is an 18-month program mm-hmm. structured to allow them to get out of that problem, as opposed to jail diversion, somebody's gotten done something wrong and they're going to jail, not necessarily related to drugs. Yeah, that that would be the dis- up to the discretion of the court and, sure. and the judge of each court. But um, yes, there, there's there's benefits out there. Uh, I believe it's the the Brave Act now. Um, and basically, if they opt for that, they follow the the, the treatment options or the treatment recommendations. Um, our staff. Obviously, are not you know we're not clinicians; we're peer support. So we we offer treatment options, and it's up to the judge to decide whether uh, the veteran um, whether he'll accept that. And if they do follow along, they have the option of basically rather than seeing jail time, you know, getting their lives back in order and and connecting, you know, staying with the services that they need. Yeah, and and this isn't this is for all age veterans, all ranks from privates to. Majors and and current. I've I've seen some folks that have graduated that that shocked me that they were pretty high level offices that had a problem, but re- this was really helpful. Uh, and I know we have a Navy SEAL. We're real close to Anthony O'Brien. You you folks might know Anthony. He he laments all the time to us the supreme huge rate of problems within the SEAL community and the suicide problems that they have all the way down from the the, the, low, the lower ranks all the way up to the senior ranks. So your services are hurting them all, I'm sure, in all, in all ages. Yes, yes. And so how would someone get involved to get started? Um, is it, does a, a, a veteran reach out to you do does a VSO reach out to you? How, how would how would someone, boy, take advantage or learn more about what you folks are up to? Uh, absolutely. So um, first of all, you can always go to the mass.gov website forward slash veterans. Uh, it lists all the services on there, including the SAVE program the state has to offer. Um, but we do have a main calling line um, that we do have uh, an outreach specialist that will take the call. And determine what the needs might be, and refer them appropriately to. You know, Do you want to services. give that number t- tonight, Dan? Absolutely. So it's six one seven two one zero five seven four three. I think we did it. We do have a toll-free number, but we mm-hmm. found that it doesn't work all over Massachusetts. Okay. So now we are actually giving out the 617 And number. with the proliferation of cell phones, it's, it's almost right. like it doesn't matter. It's 800 numbers aren't what they used right. to be. Uh, uh, it's more getting a real-life human to answer them that's the, that, that's the critical uh, 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 part. And there is a person that answers the phone here? Yes. Much like the, we, we talk about every week, the the National Crisis Hotline. So, once again, it's another service that uh, that 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 we have here in, uh, in Massachusetts. Uh, but so so, Dan, looking forward now, what do you see with the COVID problem in the outreach to the veterans community? How, how are you? How are you seeing? Are, are you still reaching the folks that need to be reached, or? Are you seeing there's some barriers right now? And um, Well, it was definitely a transition. I mean, I think uh, COVID hit us all kind of by surprise, and we all had to adjust to, uh, you know, well, a lot of us, um, to remote working, and, and we followed those protocols. We did do a lot of outreach, uh, you know, via, you know, utilizing things like WebEx and, and Zoom. We did yep. host, um, called them coffee talks, um, but, you know, an hour session where, where people could join these calls and just kind of talk about things and, you know, whatever services they might need or just, you know, frustrations with everything, you know, going on. Uh, more recently, uh, because we do fall under the state guidelines, we, you know, we are opening up a little bit more. We're, we're in the community now. We, we started going back to events. Our staff are back um, doing outreach in the community again. Great, great. Um, and, you know, we are able and, you know, we did have to work remotely, but there were, you know, circum- circumstances. If we were working with a high-risk individual, we would make sure that we're out there to, to yeah. assist if, if need be. And, you know, even with the, the Veterans Treatment Courts, when it was safe to do so, we were able to hold peer support groups prior to the court sessions outside the courtroom for, you know, 
social distancing and, and you know making sure everyone was safe before they entered the courtroom. Yeah. So yeah. And you found that was very helpful, as I remember. That was a yes. hybrid program. You mm-hmm. would meet the veterans outside, then they could go in and participate in a virtual program. Mm-hmm. So because there is that time, you really do need that face-to-face, even if it's a social distance sure. connection. Sure, and, sure. And, and then as they get used to the virtual, maybe it becomes a little bit more easier? Yeah, yeah. Maybe so, it becomes easier. Well, you know, we were lucky enough because our team is already a mobile team. Uh, you know, we're outfitted with every, all the tools we need to be outside in the field. So it wasn't a huge adjustment for our team to really work remotely. Sure. Uh, just because half the time they're working from their yep. car anyways. Yep. Um, so technologically wise, it, it was it was a quick adjustment for our staff. Um, so and, and how about the people that needed to get in touch with you? How was their adjustment? Um, it was it was it, it was a little bit, you know, slow at first, but I think um just in general, everything you had to do. Um, but I bet a lot of your communications before COVID were electronically of some sort anyways, weren't they? I mean, it seems like everything's going digital now. Nobody's picking up a phone anymore, hardly, or leave a, uh, being able to leave a, a phone message. It's almost, uh, it's got to be done email, even if, it ans- even if you answer it within five or ten minutes or so. But uh, I know, th- talking to Dave Henker, his his VA outreach. Uh, they've had a lot of success in the in the telehealth mm-hmm. uh, arena. So it, it, it's out there. There's been a big expansion in telehealth, and a lot of veterans. You know, if they've been given the right devices and and they're given some help to use them. You know, whether it's an iPad or you know a really good droid phone, yeah. then then they've been taking advantage of the telehealth. It does take some, it takes a little comfort level if you haven't had that kind of a device before, but we found that once they use it, they, they become really comfortable with it and, and enjoy being able to use it. I'm, you know, I'm afraid I'll break my phone and never it'll never work again, yeah, so see, I don't do that. On, on the other <laughs> side of that, a lot of the older veterans and, you know, my Vietnam vets that I work with, you know, I have quite a few of them, they could not stand the telehealth and all that. They want face-to-face. Yeah. They want to see a doctor face-to-face yeah. and not, not over some computer, you know, or a phone call. They were already you know. pissed off from the war 40, 50 years ago. Yeah, they but, haven't, uh, haven't gotten over, over that. I understand. We love them. It's just the, just the nature but, of you know, so many of them. They've been going to the VA for so long, yeah. you know, seeing the same doctor, getting, you know, getting their prescriptions, getting this, getting that. Coming to groups, you know. I mean, when I was able to get the okay to start all my groups up again, yeah. you know, it was like I just gave them all a million bucks. Yeah. You know, now they're starting to be able to, because we told the veterans, if you don't want a face-to-face, you tell the clinic you want to see the doctor. And they had to set up the appointments that yeah. way, you know. Uh, did many take? Did many go that route? Oh, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. They want to see a doctor. Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't want to. Sh- they don't want to put up a hand or you know some some growth on their arm and say, "Yeah, see doc, see doc." You yeah. know, they want the doctor to be there. Can't you know, blame. They feel they feel more comfortable. Can't that bl- way. Where's Doctor Kildare when you need him? Yeah, Marcus Welby. Well, Marcus Welby. And the Consuela. We need a house call. You know. But <laughs> like, all right, go ahead. And I've yeah. seen a variation to that because I, you know, and having been at the soldiers' home before i it it was a change for some veterans to get used to the technology that's why i said you can't just give someone technology you have to actually get some training to use it they became comfortable i remember one veteran come and he was a vietnam veteran saying you know i just talked to my doctor we looked at this we looked at that and i didn't have to get in the van i didn't have to drive he's i just saved two hours of commuting time to go so i think it depends you know everyone's different for what they're comfortable with but i and i think after a period of time they would get tired probably of that and would want a face-to-face so i think we're all going into this hybrid world and that's where i think the comfort level can come in by being comfortable to be able to do both of those things yeah yeah well at this point uh larry why don't we take a halftime break and i think tom is on the phone is he still on uh on on hold larry i hope we're gonna come back with tom afterwards he's got a new coffee program to talk about starting uh this weekend so uh Take it away, Larry, and we'll be back with our good friend Tommy Raposa. Take it away, kid. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veterans Voice Radio. Uh, that was uh, that's a, a chilling. That's forty percent. Forty one percent. That one percent makes a big difference. Sure is. It sure is. But uh, at this point, uh, we want to bring on a, an old friend of ours, uh, Tommy Raposa. Works a lot with the veterans community, uh, putting together uh, all sorts of special events. And Tom is organizing a new coffee uh, program, uh, taking the lead from Chuck here and, and offering uh, a coffee uh, meeting for some veterans uh, coming up. Tommy, are you out there? Yes, I am. Welcome, Tommy. Thanks for calling in tonight. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome, so, uh, Tommy. What's going on, kid? We got a coffee social program I'm trying to promote. And... Um, it's in uh, West Bridgewater on Saturday mornings, 9.30 to 11. There is a meeting there. The people that are at this place that I go to, Betancourt Honda, have two vets in there that are from Afghanistan and Iraq. They're both brothers with me, and I got a, a friend of mine that's a uh, Vietnam vet that makes it there if you can on the weekend. But uh, the, the meeting does exist. We got some uh, donuts from the... Uh, Colonial Donut Shop in Time. They've got a couple dozen donuts every every Saturday for us right now, and uh, they stepped up to the plate with that. And we put coffee out and uh, have a box of Joe. And we're just interested in getting this on the ground. Uh, I have you guys with the advertisement. I've been involved with the Brockton VA. Um, different people up there that I talked to. We're getting it rolling. It's been a little difficult, but everything's coming together right now as we speak and um, I personally went to a couple of tables over the weekend and this is what's got me on to the uh, suicide prevention part of what we do with the coffee socials too and I've had uh, experience with some type of stuff like that with the prison system back in the 80s I I worked in Bridgewater for four years Um, I've been involved with the uh, meetings that I put on with the coffee socials now I met a lot of great people last week. I got a connection through the coffee social that I was at. I mean, not the, the, the event that I was at. And I get to talk to the people up in Boston with Mr. Ng. And uh, they're coming down next Wednesday to Brockton VA to uh, give us an award for participating in the uh, in the conversations that we have. But that's just where, where everything is going for me and where it's leading to where I'm going to. And I, I want to get my feet wet. I heard a little bit about the programs that everyone was talking about earlier, and I might want to get get on that aspect of it too. But uh, the main thing right now that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to promote the coffee social so we can get people there, get them talking, and uh, you know try to do the best, and, and it'll just fall into place, I believe. And these, Tommy, these are going to be held every Saturday morning at 9:30 at Bettencourt Honda in West Bridgewater. Exactly. From about nine thirty to ten thirty or so. That's correct. And where where in West Bridgewater is Benton Court Honda? Do you know the address by any chance? Yes, I do. It's at the corner of one hundred six and twenty eight, and I believe it's eighty one South Main Street. Okay. I'm not sure if there's a number before the eighty one South Main, but I think it's eighty one South Main Street in West West Bridgewater. Okay. And and it's going to be an informal coffee, just like your your like yeah. your regular yep, sessions. Same thing. Chuck. Yeah, we've you know Tom's been with Tom's worked with us for a long time. He and knows how welcome, to do who's it. Who's welcome to go? Who should oh, go? Anyone's anyone's welcome. Hey, we 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 go down there and we put the donuts out. We talk. We have a good time. We put it on Facebook and but it's you know we we initially started on a Friday and then we had, we couldn't do it. And there weren't that many people showing up and. Then I started to well, why don't we do it on a Saturday? And they, they were down there, and they, they, they the, the motorcycle places between Holly Davidson and and, um, and Bill Ricker and, and the Bancourt uh, Honda, they they just stepped up to the plate in a huge way with what they're doing, and they're they're there for the best. The donut shop that I got, like, oh yeah, you're, they know me down there. They, they whatever it takes, go do what you got to do. Nice. And it's, it's user friendly, and then we get the the. Uh, the issues out if they want to talk, you know, and uh, it's not easy. I had a table in that in that event that I went to, and a guy came up to me, and he was really a disgruntled person, and I wasn't into it because I was, um, you know, a counselor and stuff. I was with him, and I told him, I said, and I asked if he wanted to get involved and stuff. But that's the type of stuff that's going on when you have a, 
when you have a suicide prevention table, it can sometimes turn out to be a great thing with information that's just there. Because people are looking to see what you're doing. And they're looking to see what we're doing with this whole thing with suicide. I looked at the American Legion bulletin last month, and it was like 115 million suicidal deaths. And I don't even know the ages of them, but I was told that you have to target on the age because I think it's a little bit younger than what is out there, but with home base and stuff like that. And then you guys are talking tonight, too, and, and I wasn't sure where everything was going. But um, Well, well Tom, it. I want to applaud your efforts for putting this uh, together and uh, stepping up to the plate. And you're going to be there yourself on Saturday? I will be there. All right, Tommy. Well, uh, let's uh, let's just uh, uh, remind everybody it's going to be this Saturday at nine thirty, West Bridgewater at Betancourt Honda. Uh, just come on down, and uh, you're going to have coffee and and just an informal meeting to just to kind of get acquainted, huh, Tommy? That's exactly it, and I appreciate everything you guys are doing for me, and I wish the best for everyone. Very good, Tommy. Well, uh, good luck with it, and uh, best wishes, and I'm sure. Uh, you're going to make a difference out there. Thanks for calling in tonight. Thank you. All right. See Tommy. you at the hospital, Tom. I'll see you, Chuck. Thank you. All right, bud. That was Tommy Raposo. He's been uh, with us for a long time, Chuck. Working uh, for years. He's uh, he's been around with yeah. this event, that event, a pizza social. He's, or whatever. All, he's at every event. Yeah. Every event. Yeah. He he, he is. Um, so, Cheryl, what do you what do you think of these informal events that? Uh, uh, going on here. I think these are vitally important. When we talk about making connections, and particularly in the last couple of months where there has been a lot of stress and anxiety around, you know, the events in Afghanistan, and we've suffered our own tragedies right here in Massachusetts with one of the, with, you know, Sergeant sure. Rosario Pichardo yep. um, from Lawrence. It, 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 is, it is difficult for veterans, but it's important for them to know that their service matters and their service counts and that we appreciate their service and that we're here, that the SAVE program's here, that there are lots of programs around the Commonwealth to help veterans who may be struggling reach out for help. And anyone who knows someone who's struggling, they can reach out for help. How often does Dan it- can tell you yeah. that family members call because the veterans won't call. So that's where the family members will come in. So what Mr. Raposa is talking about, that's making connections and the opportunity to get together, have a cup of coffee in a warm and comforting environment where people feel safe, I think is vitally important. There's also one thing I'm going to ask before Dan talks a little bit more, is that we talked about you know suicide prevention, we talked about the numbers of suicides. If you have a cell phone, you should have this number in your phone, 1-800-273-8255, which is the VA hotline. And the reason you need to have it in your cell phone is sometime if someone needs it, they can't remember that number. So it should be on speed dial. If you need to help someone, you need to have that number there so that you can refer the person. We close to that every line. week show with that number, Cheryl. Excellent. Every 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 week. Excellent. And Chuck yells at all the veterans <clears throat> that they better call. Oh, we're going to send Wolfie over to your house, and and that really would right. would scare him to death. Oh 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 no, he's over in the penalty box just watching us tonight. Uh, but he's had terrific success, Wolfie, having you down in hell and getting some folks involved um, on a distance. But then all of a sudden, after a couple of weeks, they get involved and and they didn't get bit. And and all of a sudden, uh, it's 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 nice, and they we feel have, comfortable. We have a new way. We have a new way to draw, Cheryl. We have a new way to drop. Some people use a dunk tank. We have them walking the plank because we're at the Hull Life Save Museum. That's where the Coast Guard started. So you know, when Chuck had us first start all these things, it's you know, it almost sounds like a silly little coffee. It's you know, ridiculous. We have more saves than Joshua James at those coffees, and he was Excellent. the Hull Life. It's really a big deal. And as Greg and I always say. Our job is to trick the veterans into getting the services that they earned and deserve. So this coffee and all the speakers, all the interesting things we do, all it's a trick. Don't come. It's a trick. <laughs> so we give free smoke detectors from Red Cross, free snacks. We have... Um, we have now we have the TV video thing. I don't know what you call it. We sing the national anthem. They make me lip sync. I don't think that's fair, Cheryl. I really don't. 
And um, so we really have They're a lucky time. they allow and you then, to show up, Wolfie. Never mind, sing, too. <laughs> yeah, they, make, they vote whether I can speak or not. George Potts makes everybody vote. Everyone boos and hisses when I come. <laughs> so we have everyone laughing, everyone smiling, and then the Dave Hankers of the world and Carolyn Mason Wallies of the world come down, and nobody gets away from them once they're in the system. And they have trouble getting in the system. It's The coffees, everyone should really come. A, they're fun. B is um, it's painless to get everyone taken care of. It's a thrill. So, so this tomorrow at the Howe Lifesave Museum, it's one 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 seven Nantasket Ave, um, nine o'clock to ten thirty, and we close the museum to the public. And it's the founding of the Coast Guard, so the original Coast Guard boat is there. And there's always something fun. There was a model ship exhibit. You have twenty, fifteen to twenty vets. Oh, thirty-five. We've been doing 35 at the Lifesave Museum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had to move out of the other room. Nice nice, nice crowds. And, and now Wolfie's getting, even Dave Hanker was there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Dave's uh, uh, nephew now, Cliff, from the Boston Vet Center. He's going to he, be there tomorrow, yeah. He's, he's coming down tomorrow. And then, Gerald, one of the things we do was really interesting, and of course I said it wrong, is Greg says, let's get somebody that's, not afterlife, whatever it is. End of life. So I go oh. up. The fellow that comes on the show after afterlife. us is a terrific lawyer, Mark Stiles. And uh, he's no pussycat. He's a pretty rugged guy. So I went up. Oh, I'm all excited. I said, Mark, you have to come talk to the veterans on afterlife. You know, what you tell your kids, what you tell your family. And he's just looking at me. Okay, Wolfie. And then Greg saves the day and says, no, it's end of life. So he came Not in. Not afterlife. Three, end of life. I was close. I was very close. Close. <laughs> That's why I don't make the Close, but no cigar. So he came in um, with the crew. He had two veterans that worked for him with Illegal. And they must have spent, they must have fielded a hundred questions of what to do and how to handle that specific event. So everybody's really thrilled to be able to hear that information, not from Greg and I. Yeah, no, and we need some more information. We got one more break to, to, to run here, and uh, we'll be back to, uh, unfortunately, another quick show to come back to the fourth quarter of tonight's show with uh, Madam Secretary Dan Brennan and. Uh, a new communications director, uh, non-communicative tonight. No, she hasn't said a word. Not a word. But <laughs> she's busy back there. You're not her, communicating. Her, her fingers are communicating. I'm helping them communicate. Yes. They really need my help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Larry, take Open us away, problems. kid. We'll be back after these messages. Hey, it's Jeff from Brennan's Smoke Shop. Opened in New Hampshire. It's going really good. Really good. But everybody and their mothers, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, cousins, friends wants me to bring them tax-free tobacco to Massachusetts from New Hampshire. Me. Please. I'm going to have to apologize if you or anyone else, and there's a lot of you, like a billion dollars worth, want tax-free tobacco. You're just going to have to make the really not too long of a ride to Brennan's Smoke Shop, and really happy that we're there. Hudson, tax-free New Hampshire. Route 3 North, exit 88 to 3A North, just over the lovely New Hampshire border. Brennan's Smoke Shop, the best smoke shop in New Hampshire. Customers must be 21 years of age or older, and proper ID is required. Get your car in top shape for fall. Sullivan Tire and Auto Service is offering great tire deals all month long. Save up to $250 when you buy four Goodyear tires or up to $80 on Kelly tires. Save an additional $40 on our Sullivan Tire alignment and installation package with the purchase of any brand tire. Schedule an appointment online for our vehicle health report and our expert certified technicians will inspect your vehicle thoroughly. See SullivanTire.com. We're always here to get you there. The I Am Approach, created by Dr. Joe Schrand, can make your life better. Every Thursday night at 8, the Dr. Joe Show uses his I Am Approach to explore current topics and their influence on your home, your world, your brain and body, and how you see yourself. The I Am Approach. You control no one but influence everyone, and your small changes can have big effects. Tune in. It's an I Am thing. The Dr. Joe Show, tonight at 8 on 95.9 WATD. Well, welcome back, everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veterans Voice Radio, here in the final chapter. Uh, 
with the Secretary of Veterans Affairs, uh, uh, Madam uh, Secretary Poppy, along with Dan Brennan from the SAVE team. Uh, we were just talking about all the various factors uh, that, uh, that are involved, but one of the problems that we've talked about for years here in the show is this is the stigma associated with saying that, gee, I don't feel right. How, how do you f- address that, or how are you seeing that still in today's uh, uh, veteran community? Uh, y- yes, um, I mean it, it is it is hard. I mean, especially you know, you, you join a you know, you, you join the military. It's you 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 built tough, you built strong, um, you know, macho, and then you get out, and you know, sometimes it could be a sign of weakness, uh, yeah. or they could feel it's a sign of weakness to ask for help. And honestly, it's it, it takes a lot um, to, to really come forward and, and, and seek that help. Um, and, you know, just for an array of reasons. I mean, sometimes people might be reluctant to, to reach out and, and get resources. I mean, just even, you know, a lot of times with first responders, they're you know, worried it would affect their their jobs. So, um, you know, I would say with the SAFE program, you know, we are a confidential program. Um, I was just going to ask yeah. that. Uh, should there be fear of a veteran reaching out that maybe his or her employer might find out that they're having some some issues. Mm-hmm. It's totally confidential. Yes, what they share with us. I mean, obviously, if, if there is concerns, you know, you know, suicide ideation, you know, we will, you know, do what we can to, you know, help, you know, help them, you know, save their lives or, you know, make sure that they're being connected. But, but yeah, so uh, it's, um, it's confidential. And, you know, what they share with us, um, will stay with us, and we will help connect them. Sometimes there's other resources that they can access for treatment that might not necessarily, you know, show up on their record or whatnot. So, um, you know, depending on every individual's situation, we really try to match them up with the resources appropriate for them. Um, you know, VA is always our first stop. Um, it's, you know, it's federal. It's got all the, the resources, all the benefits, but sometimes it might not be the best fit. So we will help them in any which way we can. To and you work closely with your VSOs to, would, would they refer some people from you f- yes. from yes. time to time that they see as maybe being challenged a little? Absolutely. Um, we work very closely with the VSOs. It's actually kind of, um, you know, these VSOs, I think a lot of them were kind of in our, our boat where, you know, the pandemic hit. So a lot of us have been working remotely. So reconnecting in the community right now is, has been a big push. And they've, they're the front line Yes. Frontline advocates for you. Mm -hmm. They are. And they are, more VSOs have expressed an interest over the years in being trained in suicide prevention and and combating that stigma that we talked about that's so important uh, in Massachusetts you know with the with, through the Department of Public Health and Mental Health there's a behavioral health roadmap so that you can navigate and and if one program doesn't work for you we'll try another program and we keep trying until we find what's going to fit and that's what the save team does you know and you've probably seen the signs around the commonwealth hashtag state without stigma that's what we work to do to to combat against that stigma so that people do get the help that they need because it is it does take courage to ask for help but that's the first step it's so anti it's so anti their being you know army of one you know you're protecting everybody you're you know i'm okay and every he or she is my brother or sister and now it's okay to not be okay. Well, That's I think the new so. Terminology. That I, you I see. think so. Chuck, we you saw that with that? the Olympics. I mean, look at me. I'm out. You know. Uh, well, but are you seeing it at the Bedford VA Hospital? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They they they're coming in and they say, "Hey, I need some help." Yeah. I've got a problem going on. I can't take this. I can't take that. And I really believe the pandemic had a lot to do with that. Is why they're coming in now, because. So many of our vets, everybody, the you know, the whole population was just locked down from, you know, for over a year, yeah. and not being able to get out. Yeah, you know, so a lot of time, as as I like to say, you know, the worst place you can be is stuck in your own mind. No, oh. I mean it can be a it can be a very fearful place. Sure, you know, so a lot of vets sure. are coming in, going into the groups, getting the help that they need, and they deserve. Well, you know, hopefully, you know, a lot of you vets out there. Maybe you don't need help, but maybe you could. Maybe you've lost a couple of buddies. Maybe a couple of buddies have passed away recently, like mine have. 
and all of a sudden you're getting older and it's easier to stay alone and be alone, come on down to Wolfie's tomorrow at uh, 9.30. Come down to the Hull Life-Saving Museum. Uh, uh, come on down to West, Ro- West Bridgewater Saturday morning and uh, say hello to Tom Raposa and, you, and uh, just kind of hang out for a little while and you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how maybe you look forward to the next week getting together again and the week after and the week after and develop that camaraderie. Chuck, that's what, what it's all about. You Absolutely. know it is. Yep. That's that's how when we start started the coffee. It was just just the camaraderie, getting vets back together again. The the doctor that you know got us together to start the coffees. Uh, Dr. Chuck Drebbing. Yeah. Oh yeah, met, I have met Dr. You know, Drebbing. Sure. Dr. Drebbing told us, listen, if two vets are still having a cup of coffee together ten years from now, the coffee's worth success. Yeah. They're a success. Yeah. You know, they didn't know each other. Ten years from now, they're still having sitting down every week having a cup of coffee. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, the clock on the wall is telling us that, unfortunately, it's the end of the night. But, uh, Madam Secretary, it's such a pleasure to see you again, and congratulations, and Thank continue you your us. great work. We didn't even get to talk about the progress at the Chelsea Soldiers' Home. I'm sure everything's going up like crazy there and all the nice work that's going on in Holyoke. Next time, we're going to have you back in and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have time to, to hit on some more of these subjects. But, Danny Brennan, thanks. Good to see you again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And Thank doors always open. Anytime you want to just show up, you don't have to Don't call us. Show up. We're here every Thursday night, same time. Same bat channel. But Chuck, time for us to say goodnight, buddy. To all my veteran brothers and sisters out there, I know a lot of you are having a hard time after the, the pullout in Afghanistan. Not thinking it was the right right way to do it. Other pains in your life. Through the pandemic. Getting those thoughts. Get rid of those thoughts. People love you. People want you around. Call 1-800-273-8255 at the prompt press 1. Call the Veterans Crisis Line. They're open 24-7. They have three call centers. One in Atlanta, one up in upstate New York, and one out in Kansas. Somebody's taking your call. Make the call. You earn this help. You need this help. You deserve it. 1-800-273-8255.